Thank you for joining me this morning. Ryan Sweeney, View from the Skies podcast host. Today I have the luxury of, of hosting Herb Thompson, uh, small business leader, SF2Biz. That's a, the number 2biz.com uh, and current management consultant at Accenture. Hello, Herb. How are you doing today? Hey, pretty good, Ryan. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for, for joining us today. I know you're, you're a big uh, LinkedIn influencer, and, and I, I'm happy I connected with you. You know, you're, you're a positive influence and always happy, uh, and, and I gravitate, you know, today's society it's nice to gravitate towards that and, and that's influenced me to make sure i'm just kind of putting positive vibes and positive thoughts out there in, in other people's mind to help uh you know help them through whether it's just a day-to-day struggle or whatnot so that's my my introduction and thank you for for what you do on, on social media no i appreciate that uh, i don't know about influencer but i'll take it <laughs> yeah hey man uh you know one, if I look at it, you influence one person, then, um, you know, you, you know, you did your job, I guess, so to speak. So, um, but, uh, but today I wanted, I know we're going to talk about the you know, relationship building, uh, kind of the bulk of it. And then we're going to talk about your, your book, uh, and then kind of, you know, your, your background, but let's just kick off on, you know, just briefly walking us through your, your military background and your kind of your transition. Yeah, so I uh, starting way back. I grew up in upstate New York. Joined the army at seventeen. I always wanted to be a soldier. Probably you know since I was eight years old or so. And truth be told, there was no other options for me. Uh, I came from poor family, so the way to change my life, serve my country, was join the army. And I got to you know I loved every minute of it. Stayed twenty years. So I actually started in personnel, uh, human resources, because I'm colorblind, and uh, they wouldn't let me be anything else besides that. A chaplain's assistant. Uh, so I did that for a while and then went on to be a drill sergeant, got forced to do drill sergeant of the year competition, won. So then I went up to headquarters TRADOC, worked for General Dempsey nice. up there, kind of got to see the big picture of the Army, and it was a different different world. And from there, I went to Special Forces Selection, which obviously was the opposite world that I had just come from, you know, sitting there having lunch with generals all day and then crawling around Camp McCall in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. But went from there, Special Forces, into 5th Group and was um, – First an engineer, then an intelligence sergeant, and then culminated my career as a team sergeant on an ODA for three and a half years. Did missions in roughly, I think, 10 countries, all focused in the Middle East. And then uh, it was time to retire, plus my body was given out. Yeah. So I uh, retired. I hit my 20 and did a med board. Uh, right, started my board right after my 20-year mark. Went through that process and then kind of was prepared for my transition, which I know we'll get into. And then culminating, hey, now it's all unicorns and rainbows, and I'm, <laughs> you know, a management consultant with a top tier firm, and uh, doing a MBA, executive MBA at uh, Cornell. So that all looks rosy, but there's a lot of not so rosy stuff in between there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's life, right? The trials and tribulations, and and how you take that, um, you know, take some of those setbacks and and move forward. Um, you know, it's rather than it's the how can I uh, approach the things? So, um, so I, I guess as we get into your to your military transition, you know some of the 
down was, you know, you were, you worked in personnel for a while. Then you, you went from personnel up to uh, working with General Dempsey, getting to see the big picture, the strategy side of the house. And, and then and then you go over to the dark side and, and kind of uh, get to work, small leadership, you know, team, uh, you know, team leadership organization, which which I, you know, I look at as somebody with your background, you're taking an operational mission um, that with strategic level impact and strategic level effect. And that's where I think, uh, you know, somebody like yourself on, can bring to the business world, bring to uh, corporate America, because you understand that, you know, one, one wrong, uh, one intelligence mistake or one wrong trigger pull or whatever could, can have strategic level effects. And, and um, I think that makes us better, better for it when it comes to the business world that allows us to think through things and plan a little bit more. So perhaps you can take kind of that background and, and elaborate on, on how that played into your military transition and then share, um, you know, we'll get into, you know, share some things that worked and didn't work or recommendations for the listeners out there. Yeah, no, I think probably back up a little bit and kind of how I approached my transition because like I said, I joined at 17. I knew I, I didn't know anything about the Army. Uh, and it accomplished all my goals, I would say. I was successful, but I was concerned about, like, okay, I was successful in the Army. But, you know, the Army is actually kind of easy. It's like show up to work, be on time, work hard, uh, and make some smart decisions, and you go a long way. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I know there's a lot more. And even though I dealt with ambiguous situations overseas all the time and even stateside, there's a lot more ambiguity with the transition. So I actually started like two years out from transition and was like, okay, I'm, what do I know? And what I do know is unconventional warfare, military decision-making process, planning, how to research and study. So so I said, well, I'm going to treat it like it's a mission, but instead of going into some country, you know, X country to do a mission, I'm going into America. Uh, And that's how I approached it. So I just, all my waking time when I wasn't at work and I wasn't with my you know, doing something with my family, I was studying this, just wearing out my computer, wearing out the phone. Uh, once I got up to that point, you know, really trying to learn, hey, what what is out there? What's how to succeed, how to, you know, prevent failure, hopefully. And uh, it's kind of a long process to get to there. So, yeah, I started two years out at that kind of helps to give a little time frame of how much time I put into it. Yeah. And do you think, um, cause that's one thing, I mean, I've been advocating more and more and it's, and, it, and it's honestly, I didn't, I started about a year and a half out. Um, but I don't, I don't think I, I can't put a time limit. It's different for everybody. Um, but do you think two years was it was enough or did you wish you started sooner? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, in some ways I started sooner cause I was like, Oh, I know I'm retired and I need to finish up my bachelor's. Cause obviously I got that while I was in. Um, but yeah, it was, I would say two years, probably good. Like you said, everybody's different and let's be frank. Not everybody gets that choice of right. waiting two years mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, knowing two years out. Um, so I think two years was good for me. And then there became a point of probably like a month after I got out where I was like, crap, two years was not long enough. And I'm, totally you know i had a couple doubts of whether my process was right uh, but it ended up being right and i just had to believe in myself and my process i was following so yeah i think the earlier i do believe no matter what situation the earlier you start planning for it preparing for it the the easier it's going to be or less difficult it will be because it's not going to be easy yeah and that's one thing i want to you know stress is there will be you're right nobody knows you don't have the luxury to prepare two years per se but 
um, at some day, whether you're, you're doing four years and getting out or whether you're, you're making it a life, uh, so to speak, or retiring, you're going to, the day is going to come. Uh, and that's one thing I pick up as I talk more and more with, with other, you know, coaches and mentors out there, that day is going to come. So, uh, having that preparation or that plan and you can start simple with, you know, net, just networking, keeping your mind open, having that conversation, um, you know, with, with individuals, uh, and exploring your interest, you know, interests change, individuals, people change. Uh, my wife always says, you know, your taste changes every seven years when it comes to food, but <laughs> I, th- I think it's, it turns just as much, um, you know, in day-to-day life, uh, if you will too. So, um, you know, staying abreast of what's important to you and just not letting, um, you know, your army or your military life kind of consume you to the point where it's, you know, you, you, there is a world out there that you're going to have to jump into someday. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the biggest part is if, unless you're in a highly technical skill or field where it, there's a direct translation, unless like for yourself, you're going to go fly helicopters, there's not really a direct translation. Yep. Out. And like for myself, like is a green bray, Hey, go do contract. And well, no, I was, I was done mentally and physically with going over to the sand and, you know, doing that. So what was I going to do? And I knew there was a whole lot I didn't know. And then there was a whole lot I did not know uh, on top of that. So and that just kept increasing. But the only way, like I said, was to network and really just start talking to people and inform my decision of what's my why, what's my purpose in life. Because, I mean, right now, I just I just have a 39th birthday last week, so hopefully, you know, I get 39 more years. So I don't want that to be, and I knew that in my transition, I didn't want my military career to be the pinnacle of my life. And then just everything be downhill and become a statistic. So I was like, I still want to be successful. I want to get out, but I don't know what that looks like. So I had to start talking with people and, uh, you know, a lot of self-reflection time of just trying to figure out what what works for me. And then to me, it came down to like, what did I enjoy most about my military? Cause that's all I'd known. I, you know, worked a couple odd jobs in high school, but like really being an adult, all I knew was the military. So right. w- what did I like about it? And I started like picking it out the piece. Not like, Oh, not some award or something like, Oh, this I- instance, but like, what did I like? And it was like, Oh, you know, what days did I come home? No matter how, you know, bloody, sweaty, tired, covered in mud where like, you had a smile on your face when you looked in the mirror. It's like, yeah, that was a good day. And I just kind of tried to figure out what those things were. And then was like, okay, how can I do that in the civilian world? Knowing it's going to look different, but how can I try to get that in the civilian world? And that's kind of how I figured out my purpose of what I wanted to do. And then that kind of informed the rest of my process. But that was probably a good year's worth of time was just spent trying to figure that out. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the great, that's, that's the, obvious or maybe not so obvious but that's a logical starting point and and to your point i think a lot of it that there are things that correlate and there are things that don't correlate um but but you know i'll use my example is uh you know spent a lot of time trying to reduce waste uh in the military you know cutting reducing wasted blade hours whether that was on a leg to leg or or as a company commander trying to get the most bang for my buck, so to speak, with the personnel that I have and the machines that I had. And um, I, I, I was nervous when I, when I left the military about getting in P&L. I figured, oh, if I can't make the business money, then what, what, where am I going to fit in the business world? And I did dabble in P&L for a while. Uh, it wasn't 
I was better than I thought, but it wasn't something that I was comfortable. But then I, okay. I, I was scared of, I didn't, I was scared. I did not want to get into manufacturing, honestly. And then uh, this opportunity came up and I learned that there was more to manufacturing than the, you know, the dirty smokestacks blowing, uh, you know, out into the environment. And I started learning like the different positions and different parts of the industry a little bit more. But what really struck me was, was the lean kind of lean Six Sigma concept of reducing waste. And here now I look at it from a completely different perspective. I, I say, I don't have to worry about making the business money. I try to save the business money. I try to find and reduce waste just like I did within the military. So there are those opportunities that are, that are out there. You just have to, you have to think about, you know, which to your point, what you like, what you do. Do you like strategy? Do you like the whole planning and forecasting and, and, and then find out where those interests are and where those fits are within, within industries. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great point. And that's something I tell people all the time. And uh, once I get to know them and talk to them, I'm like, Hey, I got to do one time, like 10 days in Afghanistan, no other Americans around. There was just a couple of us Americans. I was ground force commander, 200 indige. And, you know, a lot of stuff went down over that 10 days. We were surrounded at one point. And, you know, fortunately we all came out alive, but like that was, I was firing on all cylinders, all senses. That was like the prime of, uh, of being a warrior. And I knew if I tried to find something that matches that, when I got out, if I even went looking for it, I was going to fail because mm-hmm. nothing's going to compare. But like you said, like, Hey, can I find something that's like, Oh, I kind of were similar to this, the decision-making process or the strategy that went behind this. Can I find that? And I think that's like you said, leads to success. If you can put a little perspective on it of what you're looking for, cause it's going to look different. It's definitely going to look different, but can you find some of them same characteristics? Uh, you, you, the, Next thing you talked about was you, you treated it like a mission. I mean, do you have a, a recommendation uh, and maybe, maybe we, uh, you know, this is where we can get into your book maybe too a little bit here as well, but, but um, you know, how did you go about, you know, that, that planning process other than, you know, the two years out, did you, did you Excel spreadsheet it? Did you go with a you know specific plan? Did you brainstorm? I mean, how, how did, how did you treat it like a mission, so to speak? Yeah. So just how I work, I'm not a, there's people who like use Excel spreadsheets and I have some buddies and uh, people that I mentor that I use them. That's just on me. Cause I don't end up going back to, cause the way my mind works, I can visualize it on my head and see it. Mm-hmm. So there was always a, a running Excel spreadsheet, if you will, or PowerPoint in my head of like where I was at, where I'm going, I'm able to balance that. But really it was like, just like a real mission. Like I need to get intelligence. So I need to do intelligence prep for the battlefield start gaining. It was all like, let me just start researching, figuring about, about companies. And then that turned into, you know, companies, industries, how do I match a pocket square to a tie? What kind of shoes do I wear? I mean, I got to that kind of level of detail. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then from there, as I continue to do that, I started doing informational interviews and I did over 2000 informational interviews, which yes, is overkill. But an example I always use is, I didn't know what banking was and people are like, Oh, are you interested in banking? I was like, well, I've heard of Goldman Sachs and, you know, bank of America and these big banks. But the only thing I'd ever saw with my eyes was, you know, a teller in a bank. And I was like, okay, that's not, that's not what they're talking about, but I don't know what that is. So I actually reached out to senior people at Goldman Sachs and was like, Hey, would you give me again, the power of LinkedIn? Cause no other way I could have done it. Power of LinkedIn did a nice introduction. It was just like, Hey, would you give me 15 minutes of your time? Tell me how you were successful or tell me about your industry. 
and I did that and I, you know, senior people at Goldman Sachs. And then I realized, okay, I'm not really too, um, not really excited about banking. How do I go into like, so, I mean, I did that across every industry you can think of tech, healthcare, um, manufacturing. I talked to, you know, people, multiple people in it so I could fit, inform my decision of what I wanted to do. And then again, everything came, I took, put it in a funnel because that was what their, you know, their insight was and doesn't necessarily directly apply to me, but every little conversation, I took bits and pieces and started informing my decisions and really it was assumptions and facts. Like, here's my assumptions, here's my facts, and then let me turn them assumptions into facts and come up with more assumptions and continue to try to turn them into facts. And then I laid it out with, hey, here's my, you know, I always say location, the industry, and then the, the actual company. So who am I targeting when I got to where I was actually reaching out and uh, getting serious about the industry? And it kind of, that was that approach I used was going after those three buckets, if you will, and then informing my decisions that way. And then once I even got further in the process, culture of the company became, mm-hmm. you know, a, even a more important piece than the company itself. Yeah, no. And, and so I guess the two things and we'll circle back to the, the informational interviews, but the, the part I like to say is turning assumptions into facts. I mean, and that's, I guess the whole kind of intent of, of cast and really the intent that I kind of continue to drive home and that we talked about right off the beginning was, um, you know, you, you take things to your point, you assume what a banker is and then you, you learn that, Oh, banking isn't, you know, I don't need to just know how to count money, so to speak. I need, I need these skills and this, this skill and this trade and this certification and this qualification. And then you start, okay, that's a fact that becomes a fact. And does that fit, does that fit my skill or does it fit those interests that we talked about? What did you, you know, searching for yourself? And then when you start lining up some of those skills and those interests, then you can start going, okay, that's something that I want to pursue or or let's go over here and, and talk about something different because there is, there are all those hidden underlying agendas, so to speak, of, of things. And I can't say it enough. I mean, I go to my role, you know, as, as a former army aviator, I work in production control and, and how many of my peers and friends that are still in, I talk to and they're like, Oh, great. I know this great, you know, Delta company production control individual who fit great in, in that job. And I'm like, yeah, my job's more like a battle captain. Like I work with <laughs> vendors and I work with suppliers and customers and I have no authority, but I have to move this hardware through the line through, through relationship building and, and all that other kind of soft skills stuff. So um, it's not the, you know, I know how to plan a schedule maintenance schedule on a, on a battalion helicopter. So uh, again, vastly different. And once you start turning those assumptions into facts, um, you know, then you can start narrowing down, like you said, the location, the industry, the company, the cold. Yeah, I think one thing to caveat on what you just said is also w- with them assumptions and the facts, there, you know, that starts informing the decisions that you're going to make. Because, like, obviously, you have to have some intel to go on. Because there's nothing to say. I mean, that's a great thing about this, right, is is it's not the, the military kind of here's your route um, if you want to be a battalion commander or you want to be a you know, sergeant major or whatever. You know, you, you do this, this, and this, and then you'll be there. That There isn't that, um, which is the scary part, but it's the great part, too. So you can go, okay, I really, you know, I really have an interest in that. 
I, I did got some, you know, fat, he turned some assumptions into facts. Uh, now I have, now I need to make a decision if, uh, I need to, you know, go get this certification or I need to go back and get a degree or I need to network more or whatever to, to make that happen. That was exactly the point I was, uh, wanted to get after was, Hey, you might realize, Oh, I need some further education, right? Some certifications. And then you could decide, okay, can I start working on that now? Or is it something I have to do when I get out, you know, before I get to where I'm going as a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I did it, you know, turn the assumptions into facts and, just like we would real world and then, you know, building the relationships to me, the relation, the people that have helped me. And it's why, I mean, it's part of who I am, but it's why I'm so adamant about helping others is so many people took their time to just didn't know me and said, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have a 15 minute call with you. Next thing you know, we're talking for an hour and a half or next thing you know, we're talking five, six, 10 times, or we're meeting for coffee and they're offering to look at my resume. They're offering to put me towards a job that I didn't even know was, you know, existed. So, you know, we don't get there. We all have to make our own decisions, but we definitely don't get there on our own. Yeah. And I mean, you, you play into that. I mean, people, people generally speaking, they want to help. Um, they, they don't might not know what level or everybody's level might be different just because they're not a, veterati mentor or whatever the case is it doesn't mean that they don't want to help um and that and generally people like to talk and they like to tell their story uh at a minimum uh and then you you interpret that and take take what you will from that um and, you know and you do get some of the people who you know you send a message to or whatever they connect and then you send a message and they don't respond and and you know that is it, it is what it is um you know you, you leverage that as far as you get you know, in social media, whatever you get the you know, new second order, second level of connections or new, you know, connections off of that. So you just take that for what it's worth and don't take it to heart, so to speak. But for the most part, I mean, that's what I did. I, I just, you know, started, you know, pick, pick the business or the industry um, and the companies and then just searched, you know, army started with the lowest level possible, you know, army aviation and then just aviation and then just military or just army or Navy or whatever. And I just started reaching out to people and, and a lot of people were more than happy to help. No, I think, I think exactly what I did. And I, I think part of that is just like for any mission, once you do your preparation, you're like, Oh, there's a skill gap. And we talk about certifications or education, but like for me, social media, I did not have social media. That's not who I was my career really didn't allow for it. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn LinkedIn and I had to learn, you know, how to, if I even back it further, how to talk about myself. Um, because that, you know, before, you know, if a year and a half ago, if you'd met me and you're like, Hey Herb, what do you do for a living? I'd be like, maybe I said I was in the army. And then if you peeled back that onion for another 15, 20 minutes, maybe I told you I was green Bray, but probably not. Mm -hmm. But once I learned, okay, how can I leverage what I've earned? And this is something I talk with a bunch of, um, you know, a lot of veterans about or transitioning service members is you've earned that. Now there's difference of, you know, there's obviously some bad ways and that's all subjective. You leverage your, what you've done. So, and that was really a big game changer for me. Cause when I just reached out to people, it's like, Hey, I'm Herb. Will you talk with me? Yeah. But when I said, Hey, I'm Herb Thompson, retiring green beret it opened doors and at least gave me 30 seconds for people to talk with me. 
and that was like, but there was a big, that was one of two major things for me to overcome was one talking about myself and leveraging what I had earned in the military. And then two, putting that out there on social media uh, were two big hurdles for me to overcome that I feel a lot of veterans are, you know, in a similar similar status where they're like, oh, do I want to do this? They don't really feel comfy about it because we come from a place where we talk about we and yep. us and the team and it's not I, it's not me. But when you're getting out, it has to be I, it has to be me because they're not hiring the whole team or they're not hiring your whole unit. They're hiring you or they're helping you. So th- those are two big hurdles that I think people need to know. It's okay to, you know, struggle with that, but you got to get through it. Yeah. And I think to your point, um, uh, or and I, I think you commented on, I think it was Mike Quinn's post or maybe it was your post, but why people just connect with people and don't send a, uh, you know, don't send a response you know, an in-mail, you know, a little quick little introduction or elevator pitch yeah. or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, it, you know, leverage it when, when you're getting out, you get a year free of LinkedIn. So leverage that to, to send a little personalized note to say, yeah. hey, you know, this is me. I want to connect, want to connect with you because I'm interested in, you know, th- learning about this. It can be that, like that simple. <laughs> and it goes much further than just yeah, that. No, yeah. you know, 100%. And like, I did like probably what most people did. I got on LinkedIn and everybody I could think of, I put their name in and I got to like 75 connections and I sat there and I was like, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. And then it was like, whoa, nothing's happening. Like what's so cool about this? And you know, we're talking probably 18 months ago or something. And then I was like, oh, I actually have to interact and engage and, and, you know, send messages and do that. But had I not done that and overcome that hurdle, I would not be where I'm at today because I was moving from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, you know, the area around there to D.C. So it's not like I could come up here to the D.C. area and network all the time. So literally LinkedIn will allow me to like, boom, I'm only going to talk. I didn't only talk with people in D.C., but that's where I focused because that's where I was moving to. So it really allowed me, you know, using technology to, you know, cross time, space and distance to make connections that just would not have been possible if I'd sat there in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, not on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that, that kind of, we segued into it um, out of the military transition and into the building relationship portion, um, you know, through, through social media. Uh, what about uh, not, you know, not in social media? I mean, can you, I mean, as an individual who basically has a, career or at least half of your career had to rely on relationship building um through through the, their job their mission so to speak uh you know how did that play into the transition or, or corporate environment and and what kind of tips can you give the listeners out there both uh you know whether it's social media wise or, or that in person have a cup of coffee wise yeah I, I guess there's other things that inform my thinking on relationships but especially you know being a green beret hey there's less than 10 of us you guys go in bed with these 500 indigenous forces oh by the way all 500 of them have guns and speak a different language so hey good luck you know so relationships are was really that's what kept me alive. It wasn't because I had a weapon on me because hell, you know, there's 500 of them or there's 150 of them. If they want to kill me, they can kill me at any time or if they don't want to do what, you know, I want to do, which is, you know, the U.S. strategic objectives. Then we have a problem because, again, the math, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but 500 beats 10 every time. Mm-hmm. 
So you had to build relationships. So that's what the approach I took going into uh, the transition was. I had to build relationships because I knew I knew I didn't know a lot. And then the more I started to get into it, the more I figured out I didn't know. And that became even bigger. And I was like, I need people to help me. So I have to build a relationship because I've never wrote a resume. I've never really done a formal job interview. I've never went through, you know, any of these processes. So like I need help and I'm not going to be able to just do that. And I was like taken in the real world. I'm not just going to go knock on somebody's door and go, Hey, how you doing? I'm Herb. Will you help me? And you know, maybe if I find that kind kindred soul, they'll help me. But most people are going to lock their door. Mm. And since I'm, six foot, 250 pounds with long hair and a beard. Some people are probably calling the cops, uh, especially if I showed up with, you know, a war face on. So like have a smile and build that relationship. So like when it became time and start early, so build that relationship. So when it was time for me to actually get out of the military, by then a lot of stuff had been done. People were telling me about jobs. People were connecting me with people and it was, you know, pay for, and then it's come back around so many times uh, with people who help me. And then they come back around like, Hey, you know, what about this? Could you help me with this? And it's just a circular, circular thing that I really believe in. And I really believe I get more out of when I help somebody than when somebody helps me because it just, it ends up paying, you know, itself back around. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit that, you hit that right on the head. And, and, and that's, you know, one thing I try to, um, you know, and it, it's kind of the, I look at it as a unwritten oath, if you will, of, of transitioners or military veterans. And again, not not everybody's out. Uh, I guess you know going to be as open and as helpful, but it's the kind of pay it forward approach. And I look at it as you, you can provide a service to these individuals. Um, it's going to help. It, it's still, you know, it's that's again, it's corporate environment, right? So it doesn't matter if you've been out for three, four years, and you're some you know, whatever more senior person in an organization, this might be some young person who's, who's now comes into your organization and then eventually they, they skyrocket to be your boss, you know, someday. I mean, it's not, you know, this rank structure, you know, time and service, so to speak. Um, so, so you never know when it's going to come back that way. Uh, and then, and then it's just, you know, helping other individuals out, um, you know, cause it's kind of just the, the, the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, all business is in some way or shape or intertwined. So you never know when you're having to work with that person or that person's company and they, you know, it, it all, it all connects back around. And then it's just about being a good person anyway. So I know I always try to help folks and I, you know, most nights I'm having one or two calls with transitioning service members, but I also see some people like, wow, you know, that we all only have 24 hours in a day. So you you, you definitely don't want to waste time and just, having to talk to people or somebody who's not focused or uh, maybe, you know, blows you off or not appreciative that can like go south in a hurry with a wrong approach. So you're, you're a management consultant in Accenture. I mean, obviously you didn't go the personnel route, um, but, but you are the strategy route. And then uh, you're working on your, your MBA. Um, yeah. I guess what do you, what do you foresee, um, you know, as far as, as far as kind of the next, the next step, uh, for you. Yeah. So that whole process I did, I figured out my long-term goal was to start my own company that consults for small, medium-sized businesses to, you know, be productive, uh, to increase their profits, 
decrease their losses, compete with the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world that are putting the smaller and medium companies out of business. And but then businesses can't afford the people like Accenture, Deloitte, McKinsey. So that's where I said, okay, that is my dream because it most aligned with what I love doing. And really it's kind of like what I did as a green break, go in with the underdog, the smaller force, not as well trained, not as much money and build them up to, you know, the goal was to always for them to take care of themselves and then we leave. So, but I realized, okay, I was short. If I tried to do that, just retired as a green brain, showed up to a company, there was a knowledge gap I had and there was a credibility gap because unless I was trying to do unconventional warfare or, you know, jump out of planes or shoot a gun, people probably look at me like, eh, I don't really see it. But by doing, you know, going to work as a management consultant, gaining experience in the industry and then going to Cornell and getting my MBA, it would close that knowledge gap. And then, you know, I would be much better prepared to actually accomplish my goal. Yeah. And that's back to the assumption of facts portion of of basically, um, you know, here's where I was shortage and on on job training. I mean, that's that's certainly a big part of it. And, And in fact, you know as I make you know, moves within my current organization, um, for the most part, not all of it, but for the most part, uh, you know, when I have that conversation, because I still have those conversations, there's 24 hours in a day. How do I best spend my, you know, how do I best spend my time? And, and do, you, do I need to do on-the-job training and volunteer for projects to get my name and get, get some experience out there? Or, or should I go back and you know, do an, do an online degree or something like that. And, and for the most part, uh, you know, the, the, the feedback I get is, you know, that experience that on the job training. So it's just, it's something when you go through your military transition that you have to humble yourself on because you just can't, yeah. all the leadership and in war stories, you just can't go back <laughs> and, and make up for that lack of experience in that, in whatever industry that you go to. Yeah, I think you definitely could catch up quickly, but yeah, it's there. There's a gap there, and you know, I think a key thing is selling yourself the right way and showing your value, so they don't assume as much risk, or they don't think they're assuming as much risk, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't. They think the knowledge gap is less, or the actual knowledge gap is. I'm not trying to say fake people out or lie to them, but. I, it's all how you sell yourself. And I mean, that's like one, what I did in my job interviews with my company and like with my manager, it was my second interview. And I talked about relationship building and all that. And that resonated with her and you know, the, the rest is history. So it's, it's all how you go to shape it. I didn't talk anything about matter of fact, they didn't know what rank I was. They asked me a couple of weeks ago, like there was some event and they're like, Hey, what rank were you? And I was like, victory. They didn't have a clue what my rank was. Right. That means to me, that was like, think, you know, I, I did the transition process correctly because I didn't go, oh, I'm this, do that. It's I actually just sold my skills and my experiences and then was honest where I had some shortcomings and said, but this is how I'm going to overcome that. And um, a couple of companies bought it and I decided to go with the one I work with. Yeah. And I think I think that's a great point is is um, at the end of the day, uh, you kind of you can, I don't know, fake the funk, if you will, so much. But at the end of the day, it, it becomes, as somebody who sat on the other side now and done interviews, it becomes obvious, like, of, of a person's interest and in who they really are. Um, and and don't don't kid yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if you think you really want to go work for Company X, uh, that 
you know, trying to stretch your, your skill set or stretch your stories or stretch your bullet, you know, bullet points, so to speak, that um, you, you're probably not going to end up happy in the long run. Um, so, so be honest, be frank, you know, be, be willing uh, to tell people. And, you know, in fact, I had, I had had an interview um, where, you know, we were, we were building relationship. I was talking about problem solving, using data, you know, and then the individual said, you know, one of the, key points was you need um some sap uh you know material yeah. planning training or you know cert- certification or, or do you have experience and i said i have workable experience but i don't i know the system i use it to verify but i don't operate at that level and he said that's ah, okay we could teach you that then you know so here he went from this is a this is a pri- you know priority you have to have it or else don't apply for the job to we can work around this um, you know because because of all the other you know yeah skills. exactly I, I, exactly I had a similar incident it made me think back to what you you know or talked before like you said oh you went out and did this and what I'm talking about I, mean, I think the common denominator is it doesn't just happen on its own you got to go out there and find the stuff you got to go out and you know and uh, simple terms, you got to go fight for yourself to get that done and to, you know, get you, yourself that job. Nothing's going to be handed to you. And part of that is selling yourself. And like you were honest, hey, I have a shortage here. This is it. And they were okay because, you know, you sold them on everything else. Yep. And, and it's okay. You're not going to know everything, but you, you dang well better be able to show them that you're going to be able to learn quickly and convince them of that. Yep, Absolutely. Um, so, um, let, let's talk, let's, let's use that, uh, to, to dive into your a little bit more. Can you tell, tell listeners about, uh, what you're working on? Yeah. So like I said, I approach it like a mission. So to me, it's the transition mission and that's the name of the book. And really it came down to, I talked with so many veterans and I'm like, well, I talk with a lot, you know, Hey, the last three months I've, you know, we'll say 60 some veterans, but how many more can I reach and help? And then if I could just capture everything I did the two years out and then the almost year since I've been out, so roughly about three years, everything I've learned, if I could capture that, could I help more? And I said, okay, why don't I do that? And I was actually having a call with a, um, it's funny, uh, a lot of, we, you know, it's not, some, I think it's become more okay to talk about, but like there's a point where people are worried, scared, to the points of like, they're as scared as the first time they jump out of an airplane to, oh yeah, I'm worried and I have doubts about the transition. Mm-hmm. And actually I'd been working on this, working on it slowly. And then I had a talk with a lieutenant. She you know, she was up in New York city and like, she was, you know, struggling through a transition and it was like, wow, I need to get this out. Cause I think it could help a lot more people. So it's, you know, it's about 115 pages. Uh, really is going to make you think, but it's really my approach to how I, a lot of what we've talked about here and then a lot more in depth, but my approach, so it's not a checklist because everybody's different, but Hey, what are some questions you got to ask yourself? How can you translate your skills? How could you set up LinkedIn? How can you leverage it? And, but in that, I also give my personal anecdotes of not my career. It's not about my career, but like here was my failure. Here was my dream upon transition and I got rejected. And then I went to the company where I have a couple of very, very close friends, brothers, if you will, working there. And I'm like, dude, it's a small startup. I'm like, I'm in. And I got rejected. I was like, well, oh my God, I can't get in there. I can't get in anywhere. But 
that's all part of the process. And I'm so glad all that happened because I got to where I am today. So that's a lot of capture in the book. And just because maybe I'm a little crazy, I also run nonprofit SF to biz to help green berets in transition. So any money we make from a 100% of proceeds are going to go to support transitioning green berets and I won't make a buck off of it. And I just wanted to see how I can help people and like change that narrative. And I, I've seen that even over the last couple of years, it's changing. You start to see more and more people on LinkedIn. Uh, I think, you know, the tuition or transition assistance programs are, you know, evolving and there's so many people out there helping. So I think the narrative changing, but I just wanted to do my little small part and return on investment. Hey, for, you know, the price of some fancy macchiato caramel no fat whip in the Starbucks, <laughs> you can, you know, you can get a book that was like, oh, here's a easy read. It's my personality in it. And, you know, the return on investment, you know, and if anybody buys it and I'll, you know, I'll put this out. If they say they got no value out of it, I'll refund their money. Awesome. And let's have a, let's have a talk because I don't see how there's no way anybody can pick this up and not, not glean anything from it. And I, you know, I just want to help people out. Yeah, no, and and that and uh, it's grateful, and that's basically the same thing I'm doing. And the part I love about it is, is there's so many, you know, you got reading material, you know. So I just got asked today, why, why podcast, you know? And I, yeah. so I said, well, I said I, you know, I have a website and I do a blog and I do a vlog, but uh, you know, I don't really have the technology for a blog, and and I, you know, blogging, writing is not just really my thing. You know, I kind of throw some stuff out there now and again, but it, you know, my wife's the first one to pick apart, you know, every issue that's, that, that, <laughs> you know, that's with the paragraph that I just wrote. So, um, you know, but I said podcasts, I don't know, to me, it's like, you know, you just, uh, people travel to work and they get stuck in traffic. It's yep. easy to listen to. You don't have to, you know, you can pause it, you know, whatnot. You can read the show notes and learn a little bit more. So I don't know. It's just what I gravitated to. So uh, everybody's different and everybody's got a different way and uh, uh, learning. So I appreciate you, you, you know, you doing that for everybody. And the one thing I did want to highlight is not the, not the checklist. And I just talked about this in one of my, there, there, there is no, I, I think we all search and I use my example where I, I left, I had a, I had my, my plan and then I had my backup plan to go through through some of the headhunters in case I couldn't, you know, acquire. And, and to your point, right. I, I, you know, I thought I was hot stuff. You know, I applied to all these leadership programs and I'm going to, you know, I'm an army aviator and I'm going to get accepted for this and accepted for that. And guess what? I just kept getting rejected, rejected, rejected <laughs> for yeah. all of them. And I started saying, uh oh, you know, here I was a top block, uh, you know, smoking hot. You know, you know, aviator guy, and I can't even get. I what am I? You know, what am I doing wrong here? So, I did get that little kick, and and I went into an industry where, uh, or, a, or a company that had a manager workflow, which was great because it was the army. It was standard. It told me what I was going to do every fifteen minutes. Well, I realized quickly, I had more freedom than I thought in the army. A, B, I didn't like that. That wasn't my way of life. Uh, you know, as I sat there and said, well, you're yelling at me because I didn't put this, you know, end cap together, you know, quite the right way. But uh, <laughs> our sales dollars and stuffed animals are, are negligible anyway. And I'm out of Doritos because because two employees called out and I want to make sure they got stocked on the shelf so we could continue to sell them type thing. You know, I made that strategic decision based on what I think is important for the company. 
Uh, and they didn't, they didn't really like that. They wanted me to just fo- follow the checklist, you know? So yeah. uh, get out of that, the, the standard operating procedure checklist. Uh, if I accomplish A, then B will happen mentality. And, and to the point, I think we both talked about own it, you know, uh, you're going to take it as far as you want to take it, whether that's, whether that is going to school or getting certifications or getting hands-on training or, or whatever the case is. Um, uh, and that, that, my experience, my little kick in the rear end is, is what made me more hungry in the long run and made me learn more, um, you know, than if it was just handed to me. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think like you're talking to own it and that's, I, I have a little short snip in the book about owning your journey. And for me, one of the first organizations that helped me out great nonprofit, I won't say why they are because of what I'm about to say or who they are. Cause what I'm about to say, well, there's a lovely lady and she's like, don't put drill sergeant on your resume. And I was like, okay, I get why you're saying that, but like literally two things. A, I'm the only person in the history of the Army to be drill sergeant of the year for the Army and a Green Beret. So I'm going to leverage that. That's got to be, you know, at least a high performer something. And what am I going to say for those three years that I didn't, you know, I just, hey, don't look at these three years. Right. So we had a disagreement. She's like, I'm telling you, don't put it on there. Fast forward to my current position, the senior manager who made the hiring decision on me said, the most impressive thing on your resume was that you're a drill sergeant. Yeah. So you'd never, you know, and I'm sure some companies may have been turned off by it, but that was me. And I could look myself in the mirror and go, I'm owning this. This is my journey. I'm going to own it. So you get advice, but you know, it's, it's just advice. You have to make the decision on your own. Yeah. It, I go back and I posted a blog. It's buried somewhere on my website, but I, but I want to highlight one thing. And I, it was a, kind of an assessment of some leadership principles of Bill Belichick and say what you will, whatever fan you are, whatever sports <laughs> team, but the man has had results for a long time now. And one of the things he, he said was don't dwell on the past. I mean, it's, and it's yeah. kind of good, good, bad, or indifferent. Don't dwell on the past. And uh, you know, you, you make that decision to put it on there, put drill sergeant on there for a particular reason. And uh, you feel as if it was a necessary part of your career and that you can explain and tell the story. And if companies don't like that, then rather than look at yourself and go, well, maybe I should or shouldn't have put it on there and just go, I probably wouldn't have worked out on that company yep. in the long run anyway. So moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. So transition mission, uh, when and when and where? Uh, so, uh, 17 December uh, will be the when it's live on Amazon. Uh, pre-sale will start on the 10th of December. So on Amazon, um, they'll be in some other bookstores on some other book websites, but Amazon will be the easiest way to find it. And, uh, for the first, for pre-sales and for, uh, the launch day, 99 cents for Kindle and 599 for the paperback. And that's just cause paperbacks cost money to print. Yeah. Uh, Go out there, get it on the Kindle, do do a do a micro mission, and uh, that's what I'm going to plug and get it out there and get it on the Kindle if all possible. Yeah, no, exactly, mm-hmm. and th- that's where the majority will go, anyways. And uh, it's just to try to be recognized as a real book. Uh, I want to put out there as paperback, but it, yeah, that's and, and I tell you what, like again, I use the same process to figure out how do I publish a book. Hey, how do I write a book? Which okay, I could write some stuff down, but how do I turn that into a book? And then how do I publish it? How do I market it? That was using the same skills I used in my transition that, you know, made me successful in the military with some tweaks. I use the same process to figure that out and uh, we'll see how that journey goes. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing because, uh, you know, it, you're, 
It, I guess in all in synopsis, you the military transition. I don't know. It doesn't. Okay, the military transition stops, but the career transition doesn't necessarily right. stop. You know, you might find different different functions, different industries, different hats. You get motivated. Things change. You move locations. You have different family. You know, and it's it's about. Uh, I think things are. If one thing's going to be consistent, it's probably going to be change, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, especially and I guess I especially say for us military transitioners and, and I guess the millennials or younger, younger folks of today, too. I mean, they don't stay, you know, it's not our parents of staying the pensioners yeah. within organization. We do change, but, um, you know, sometimes we change drastically um, from, from time to time. And, you know, I made couple of those changes in a short period of time so um and and there's nothing wrong with that so um you know they can they can use this again and again and again um if they get the transition mission no exactly you only get one life and uh you you know you can either live it by somebody else's standards or your own so you you know go out there and who cares what other people think you gotta you gotta do what you believe is right and it's okay to change yeah it's okay to do that and uh, you don't have to be unhappy or that. And it's okay to reach out for help, whether it's something for personal reasons or, you know, professional stuff. It's, there's tons of people that want to help, but unless you pop a smoke or a red star cluster, nobody knows. Yep. Like, you, you know, you just got to say something to help inform your decisions and then you, you own it. Once you jump out of that bird, Hey, it's you and the parachute making it to the ground. So, uh, own it. Absolutely. So, um, hey, so open mic time, anything else you want to discuss, uh, you want to, you know, put your, any other information out there, any more last, one last tip, words of advice, words of wisdom, anything? Yeah, a couple of things. So, uh, www.sf, the number two, biz.com is the website. There'll be a little thing on the book there and kind of why I wrote the book here in the upcoming, you know, weeks, but also like just own your journey and it's okay. There's going to be bad moments. Uh, there's going to be good moments, but this is how I've always made it through. Like how do I make through special forces selection? Well, it was a green beret or a body bag. I wasn't, there was no other option. And that's kind of was transition was like, I'm going to be successful on this. Why? Cause I'm going to make myself successful. And you, you just got to push and you got to keep working at it. Cause you know, just like in special forces, how many thousands of people who had done it before me, how many thousands of great American patriots have got out of the military and they're successful now. So it's doable. It's just, you know, you got to work at it. So use them as examples to, you know, for motivation, encouragement to, okay, I can do this. This is manageable. Uh, like an elephant, take one bite at a time and we'll get, we'll get to the, get to the end state. Yeah. Uh, rich dad, poor dad, just got finished reading it. Pay yourself first. Basically. Um, that's the philosophy his rich dad took was, Hey, I'm not, that's not that I'm not going to pay my bills. I'm going to pay myself first. That forces me to work hard to make sure I pay my bills. So I don't owe the creditors money. And it's kind of the same philosophy, uh, there. And then the, the sf2biz.com that'll be in the show notes as well. Um, I'll, I'll put that in there so everybody can click on the link and, and check it out. No, I appreciate it, Ryan. This is, this is really good. Uh, and anyway, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. It's, I always love talking about the transition and helping folks out. And I, I was there at one point, you know, not so recently of like, where am I going? And then I found my way. So I just want to pay that forward to others. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. You have a good one, Herb. You too, bud. Bye, up. Bye, up.
Play up. Hi ho, lock and load. Big shout out and thanks to Herb for taking time to share his book, The Transition Mission, share his story, kind of give you an insight of the background of the book and, and how he went about transition. And hopefully uh, you get some from the podcast and, and you, you take a look at the book and you pull something for that for, for your upcoming transition, whether that's from leaving the military or making the next career step. Thank you very much for listening to the View from the Skies podcast. Your host, Ryan Sweeney. Uh, please take the time to go on www.anchor.fm, leave a voicemail. Uh, I, can, I can include that in some of the future podcasts with your questions, concerns, feedback. Uh, you can also go on the www.viewfromtheskies.weebly.com website. Um, you can leave me feedback there. You can read the blog. You can also check out my YouTube channel. Uh, for, for my vlogs as well on the military transition. And, um, you know, please go on Apple Podcasts, give me a rating and review uh, so I can find how, how to make this thing better and we can leave the foxhole better for the next person. <laughs>